0: Today on Blue 58, we're going to learn something about the Packers offense, and our guest should know a little bit about that. Why? Because he literally wrote the book on it. Settle in for the most in depth look at the Packers offense you're going to find anywhere. Blue 58! Hello, and welcome to another episode of Blue 58, the one and only podcast of thepowersweep.com. I'm your host, John Meerdink. Very happy to be with you here for another episode. Today, I'm very happy to be with you because we're welcoming Bobby Peters to the program. Who's Bobby? Well, Bobby is an absolute madman, and I mean that in the best possible way. He's a football coach. He's a civil engineer. But when I say he's a madman, I mean it as a compliment. Why? Well, Mr. Peters here has written a book called The 2020 Green Bay Packers Complete Offensive Manual, and it is that. It is a complete look at what the Packers did on offense in 2020, and I figure if we're going to be looking ahead to 2021, why not dive into what they've done most recently? In this book, he exhaustively details literally everything the Packers did on offense last year, and I mean literally. It's a great book, but more than that, it's a massive accomplishment, and we're happy to have Bobby with us today to talk about it. Uh, so Bobby, in your own words, what is the Green Bay Packers complete offensive manual?
1: So when I um, kind of started doing these, I wanted to put something together that, that summarized an offense that took, that walked a person through the, the various concepts that a team runs and kind of, you know, in the beginning, you know, I draw them out. So I'll draw out you know, the, the concept and the base and the v- different variations that a team will run with them. And then i I also provide some stats with it too, as, as far as like, you know, what, you know, how many third downs did they convert with it? How many, you know, what would they average on first down, second down in the red zone, all that stuff. And then um, depending on the project, too, I'll also sometimes include for run concepts, you know, how effective it was against certain fronts, like different yards per carries against like bare fronts, over fronts and uh, things of that sort. And then also for past concepts, I'll, I'll put what how, how effective it was against certain coverages like cover two, cover three, et cetera. Um, and then after that, I'll kind of break down the concept. I'll use diagrams um, to kind of illustrate points that I make in that in that those sections as well, kind of showing defenders reactions to certain things. And then um, I also have sections that uh, and, and then it, and then I wrap up each section with um, a why it worked and why it didn't work to kind of, you know, walk the walk the reader through what what made it effective for that team during a year and, and specifically the Packers in this case. And then what what made it not work for the Packers and how what defenses were able to do to to slow it down.
0: So that's the what. My the question that's that's m- most pressing on my mind is really why. Why do this? I mean, this is a lot of work and you've done this for more teams than just the Packers, but the Packers alone ran more than 1000 plays on offense last year. Why exhaustively watch them all?
1: Uh well, the, uh, first and foremost I really enjoy doing it. Um it's something that, you know, I've always ever since I was a kid, I, you know, in my parents' basement recording Games on VHS tapes and uh, you know watching rewatching you know college and pro games and stuff, and you know taking notes as i as I watched them and then you know as I got older you obviously you know with you know digital software and stuff you could download and um, you know watch stuff especially with you know the prevalence of NFL game pass coming out you know however many years it came out ago you know made the the NFL coaching tape available and um, you know, I, I would, I would, you know, when I, in the off season, you know, cause I coach high school ball as well. So in the off season, I would, you know, pick a few offenses to study and I would do in-depth studies of them and, you know, to try to learn and grow. And then I would, um, somebody gave me the idea, Hey, you know, you could, you could write books, you know, you could write a book about this. And I was like, you know what, I might, I might dig into that a little bit. So that's kind of how that started. But I think first and foremost, I really enjoyed doing it. It's a lot of fun kind of seeing, you know, really getting into the nitty gritty of why things you know, why a team was successful, why they, you know, why they struggled in certain situations or, you know, and and, and when you do these kinds of things, you can kind of see, you know, number one, you get a good feel for, you know, a team's playbook, but number two, you see how the playbook changes and evolves and what sections they use each week as, as you go through a season, right. You can just, you know, some people like to you know pull a couple of clips here and there and say, Oh, I studied somebody's offense. But if you're not watching every single clip and understanding how they game plan and how they call the game, it's hard to get that deep of an understanding of what they're trying to do.
0: How much time would you say it takes you to do something like this for a team in a given year?
1: Oh, that's a that's a tough question to answer. Um, I try to, so like each day I'll try to put an hour or two um, towards, you know, obviously between a full-time job and a family, you know, it's, you know, I can't work on it all day or anything. So I, I try to, you know, I try to put an hour or two to it to a day. And then, um, you know, I, it probably takes, so like the Packers and I'll start working on, you know, I'll keep up with the film during the season and then, yeah, obviously once you know I'll start writing the book you know in like November December as well I like start the sections you know start creating an outline and um you yeah, obviously the the tables I can't put in until the season's over but um you know the Packers season ended you know sometime in late January this year and then I I think I got the book out like mid March so um like I said I can't I can't put an exact number on the um, the exact n- amount of hours I have probably spent on it but that's probably you know an hour or two a day you know um, once the this you know once I start the book writing process and then you know um, like I said I try to keep up with the film each week to so break it down so I you know I'm not trying to play catch up at the end
0: of the season. Obviously a monumental task here. uh The bottom line question is what do you learn? How would you describe the Packers offense in 2020?
1: They were so I, I kind of talk about it in the introduction and on the back of the book a little bit. They were really a meat and potatoes offense. They you know between the concepts inside zone outside zone and duo that was probably 45 percent of their offense and that's pretty unique for an nfl offense considering a lot of nfl coaches pride themselves on volume um and the amount of different concepts they run so for the packers to be really good at those concepts and then um i think the cool thing about studying them was um how they how they dressed them up and how they adapted them to each opponent each week you know they would you know within their you know let's say they're You'll say their duo concept, you know, if they were playing, a, you know, a cover, a cover two team, they might leave their wide receivers out on big splits to keep the corners, um, you know, to, to kind of minimize the amount of traffic inside. But the second they get outnumbered and the state, the defense rolls the safety down into a single high look. The Packers would often use Alan Lazard, their Z receiver as to kind of take out that strong safety and leave the corner unblocked instead which often corners are not as good as of tacklers as the strong safety so that'll that's a nice trade-off for the offense and a lot of times you know the ball would bounce outside Aaron Jones would be one-on-one with a corner you know 12 yards down the field and that's at the end of the day you know if that's the case for the Packers more often than not you know they're they're in good shape and they're moving the ball so that's just one example um of of something with within that you know the duo concept that yeah, they would adapt to, to certain teams. And, you know, the same could be said for inside zone and outside zone as well. And then, you know, the complementary plays off of it. You know, they were really, they were really strong, uh, what I call, keeper teams. So, like, the bootlegs off the outside zone, um, getting Aaron Rodgers on the edge. They had a, a lot of really unique ways to do that, a lot of ways to get Robert Tanya and the ball in the flat, um, you know, quickly. And then um, uh, that's, that's probably the bulk of it. And then um, when it comes to the drop-back pass game, I don't know if I've ever studied a team that does as good of a job of featuring their number one receiver as Matt LaFleur did with the Packers. They really, they really made Devontae Adams the focus of um, like the first read in Aaron's progression on almost every dropback pass concept. And that's pretty unique in the NFL because a lot of NFL coaches will say, All right, well, here's the concept. Let's run it, you know, how it's drawn up, but they won't adjust it to, you know, their personnel. But Matt LaFleur did an outstanding job of that in making Adams the first re- you know, using concepts that made Adams the first receiver more often than not.
0: We'll talk about whether or not their approach is a, is a solid one here in a second, but I'm curious, being someone who knows the, the Packers' offense as well as anybody, who's your favorite guy to watch? I mean, they've got a, a wide selection of different talents on their offense. Who do you like watching? Aaron
1: Rodgers. I mean, he, he's, he's special. Um, I think in the, in the Dragon concept I talk about in that section of the book, Dragon is um, an old West Coast term for the slant-flat concept. So the outside receiver will run a three-step slant, and the inside receiver will run a, a quick uh, a quick out route directly to the flat. And that's it's, That concept is a staple in, 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 in most offenses, um, you know, across the league, high school, college, NFL. Um, and what what you're trying to do is you're trying to um, work against a single high structure and trying to hit that slant in that window to try to create a big play. And what Aaron Rodgers does with his feet on those concepts is nothing short of spectacular. He, he's He's run the concept for so many years that he can manipulate his feet because usually – what defenses will do to stop so that so that dragon concept falls under a category called quick game so the court it's a catch and throw from gun or three-step drop from under center it's, it's meant to get the ball out fast and what aaron Rodgers does so spectacularly is when defenses try to stop these types of concepts these quick game concepts by rotating the safeties or rotating corners late after the ball snap like post snap rotation because that can really mess up where the ball's going because dragon's not great against cover two or cover four Cause the defense will have somebody in that hook window, that, that wide hook window. But what makes Aaron Rodgers so special is he can have his, the, the defense can post snap, rotate Rodgers can recognize it. And still with, without his feet being set, find his check down or find the over the ball route. Um, you know, who's working one-on-one against the middle linebacker um, better than most quarterbacks that I've studied just from his experience within the concept, his understanding, um, you know, and, and, and because of that, you know, you know, Matt LaFleur can call dragon on first and 10, second and 10. He's not, He's not afraid of the defense, you know, know, regardless of what the defense is doing. He's not afraid because he knows Rodgers is going to is going to find somebody open.
0: You know, if I can just be a fan here for a second, obviously, this is Packers podcast. We talk about Aaron Rodgers a lot, as you might imagine. But the thing about Rodgers last year that I don't think we've seen since probably peak far, even early Rodgers was not quite as dialed in the same way I think that he was in 2020. Rodgers is so cerebral as a player but he somehow combines all of that cerebral approach with not thinking it about it at all. And and I mean that in a positive way. He just, it's like he lets go and just, it's like the force just enters this flow state and it just works magically. And I think you illustrated it from an X's and O's perspective why it works because he knows this concepts or these concepts so well. It, it's amazing to watch.
1: Yeah, that's, that's definitely true. And I think it's, it's an ultimate trust. Um, I think, you know, we saw in the late Mike, Mike McCarthy years that the, the, the trust was broken at some point, right. It was, you know, whether it's the system, the personnel or what it was, it was, it didn't look the same. And, you know, Aaron's bought completely into a uh, Matt Lafleur's system. And you, know, obviously he trusts his personnel enough to a degree where he can, he can make that happen. But yeah, it's, it's all the experience combined with, just his, his, his supreme confidence in his abilities too. Um, all, you mix all that stuff together and you, you get what you get watching him in 2020. I mean, like, you, I think the way you summed it up was perfect. It's just playing with instinct and not doubting yourself, trusting yourself. I think that's, that's kind of the, the theme of, of why he's able
0: to do what he does. So we talk a lot about on the podcast, or I emphasize a lot on the podcast, how it is possible. And it does happen in the NFL a lot that teams get good results with bad process but that doesn't exonerate the process and we've talked a little bit about the Packers process on offense so far a little bit you mentioned them running certain concepts a lot more than other teams in the NFL basically I guess what I'm getting at is what do you think of their approach is this the best way that they could be going about things
1: yeah absolutely I think it's a sound approach I think they have enough counters um within their offense um you know especially in the run game you know they're just they're so well coached I think you know, when you, when you watch their tape, their offensive line is so consistent with number one, their techniques, but number two, you rarely see guys run through free, like a linebacker unaccounted for or anything of that sort. Or you know, like we talked about with the strong safety before, you don't have somebody unblocked in the box who's able to make a play at the line of scrimmage um, just because they're, they're sound with their assignments. And obviously their technique is great too. So I think with that said, I think you can keep the schemes, you know, inside zone, outside zone, and do They kind of, each one of them kind of complements um, they all kind of complement each other. So I think if you dress them up, you know, they use a lot of fake jet motion and a lot of that stuff. And they do run some gap schemes too. They'll run power. Um, you know, they'll run power with a pulling guard as well. So they'll pull people as well. But, um, I, I think, especially in the run game, I think they're safe there, but, um, you know, they really, because of the effectiveness of the run game and play action, they didn't need a ton of drop back stuff in 2020. And it kind of, that's what kind of did them in, in my opinion, um, to a degree against Tampa Bay is, Tampa Bay, when they in passing situations, would double Adams and force other guys to win one-on-one matchups and force Aaron to hold on to the ball longer. And you, know, especially with blog out in that game too, they were able to get you know they were able to get home a lot faster too. So I think if there's any place for them to improve, I think it's the drop back pass game and kind of expanding certain parts of that. Um, one one thing that you know Matt Lafleur comes from you know the Kyle Shanahan Sean McVay tree, and they run a ton of like choice concepts where you know a slot receiver will have like a five yard option route, and they did run some looky with Devontae Adams, which is a similar type of concept that I go into uh, great detail in the book, but they didn't run a ton of like the, the the staple like Shanahan McVay drop back stuff just because they didn't need it. So I think kind of expanding on those, on those aspects of things will make them uh, a better team, um, you know, going forward if defenses choose to kind of use the Tampa Bay Buccaneer model uh, to try to slow them down.
0: That was my next question. I want to ask you how the Packers, compare specifically to those other Shanahan tree offenses so you've got the the prime example in Kyle Shanahan but you've also got Sean McVay in Los Angeles how do they compare how do they stack up what's different about what Matt LaFleur is doing versus what they're doing
1: I think calling it a dumbed down version isn't really fair to LaFleur and the coaching staff because that's that kind of demeans it in a way but it's it's kind of a meat and potatoes version of what like Kyle Shanahan does it's you know Kyle Shanahan um you know, I also wrote a book on the 2019 49ers, and that book was about 350-some-odd pages long because they ran every run concept under the sun. That just wasn't the case for the Packers. Like I said, I think four, you know, almost half of their offense was just three different running plays. Um, so from that standpoint, they're a lot simpler, um, but they, they, they're more effective at, because they're simpler, they don't practice other things, so they get really good at those things. Um, so I think that's a good example of they, they keep it uh, not as much volume. Not as much volume within the system is probably the the best way, to uh, to kind of describe it, and I think that part of the pass game too is heavily influenced by what Aaron Rodgers likes. So I think that that part of it has influenced the pass game.
0: That's certainly true, and that even d- dates back to uh, to Mike McCarthy quite a bit uh, deep into the the McCarthy era. There, I'm, I'm not sure how you are how familiar you are with early 20 teens Packers, but circa 2012, their tight end JerMichael Finley had a significant neck injury. And basically for about half a decade, Aaron Rodgers abandoned the middle of the field. Like he didn't want to throw down the middle anymore because he did. And it resulted in a career ending injury to Jermichael Finley. And he consciously it seemed to avoid throwing down the middle of the field.
1: Yeah, no, I think, yeah, I definitely have watched, uh, you know, my fair share of Packer games. I, um, you know, I, I went to the college in Wisconsin um, during those years, and then um, well, Wisconsin Platteville—not to get confused with Madison—but I was up in uh, college then, and you know, a bunch of my buddies are Packers fans, so um, definitely watched a lot of Packers games. Um, you know, in that time period. But yeah, no, I think that's um, definitely a fair a fair point that he he really focused on the outside, and that was kind of the, the the kind of how that offense was structured as well. It was really just okay. We got a one-on-one matchup outside. We're going to try to win with a certain route. Um, you know, and kind of go from there. And that was kind of how McCarthy's offense was designed. And it's just, you know, it's a different style of football. And, you know, nowadays, you know, especially with the growing popularity of the McVay and Shanahan systems is it's more condensed. It's more middle of the field type stuff.
0: So if you were in charge of the Packers, let's not even say in charge, say you sat down with Matt LaFleur, you get a one-on-one meeting with him. And you say, Matt, I really like your offense. Um, you've, you're maximizing your personnel. You're doing all these things well, but, If you could just try this, what would you have them do differently on offense? I mean, I don't think there's anything
1: specific from that standpoint. Like not one thing that I would say, hey, you know, if I were you, I would do this different or anything. I think it's just, you know, especially from my standpoint, right? It's like, I don't know know, like obviously from the outside I'm able to write the book, but I'm not able to, you know, sit in the meetings, like, what exactly were you trying to do here? Like why why did you approach it this way? So I think there'd definitely be a, be a lot of questions I would have to ask, you know, as far as like, you know, the the thought process behind stuff. But nothing really jumped out to me as like, okay, they should have did this or they shouldn't have did that. I thought the the approach was pretty sound and they had enough i thought they had enough relatively enough answers within the system um to to handle stuff you know, like i said i think you know adding some different stuff in the drop back pass game might be an area i'd focus on but what specifically you know as, as far as a specific concept or two I, I i don't know if i could um you know say definitively right now
0: so over time we've seen pretty considerable change in the packers offense obviously you mentioned the the end of the McCarthy era was its own specific thing there in 2018 but 2019 was kind of the the bridge year and then 2020 we saw the full version of the Matt Lafleur offense where do you think they go next what do they have to do to continue to innovate adding that drop back passing anything else yeah that's probably where I'd start
1: I think too um and I mean part of the reason um you know I think um kind of the slow the screen game um, you know, they run a ton of bubbles and nows. I, would, I don't really call those screens. I could call those, like, extensions of the run game. But as far as, like, the slow running back screens, tunnel screens, stuff like that, to so like, relieve, you know, like, where, where linemen are getting out. Um, I think that's that's an area. And part of it is they just didn't need to because they were up in so many games, and they they had such a good run-pass balance that, you know, defensive lines weren't teeing off on the pass game. But um, I think growing that part of the offense as well um, would, would serve them well. But I think the biggest component is just the uh, creating – I mean, they didn't have an issue creating open receivers early in the progression for Aaron within the dropback game, but they just didn't need a ton because their run game and play action were so effective. So it's it's one of those things where it's like if they needed to, you know, it would be interesting to see what they had in store. But I I just feel like they went into a lot of games and and didn't need a lot of the concepts just because they were up and some of their base stuff was working so well.
0: So, Bobby, where can we find you? Where can we find your work? What should we be looking for from you here in the future?
1: Um, so my, uh, my Twitter handle is at b underscore Peters 12. Um, I, you know, I, I'm, like I said, I'm a high school football coach. So this time of year, I don't post as much to Twitter as far as like videos and stuff. Um, you know, all, all 22 clips with like breakdowns and stuff, but, um, I, I still try to post a little bit here and there. Uh, definitely I post a ton more in the off season on there. And then all my breakdown books can be found on Amazon. Um, this past year I did a, a packers and then i also did john gruden's offense with the raiders which was a lot of fun i i had a ton of fun with that project right john gruden does a lot of good stuff out there um in las vegas so those are my two most recent projects you can find both on amazon um you know the packers book is the 2020 green bay packers complete offensive manual and then the 2020 las vegas raiders complete offensive manual as well um i can't remember the other part
0: of your question uh what are we looking for from you in the future you have any idea um, what you're going to be looking at in 21
1: Um, I've thought about it a little bit. I think I'm going to definitely, you know, I always, every year, I always watch what Kyle Shanahan does in San Francisco. Um, I I always break them down, you know, going back you know, probably four years now. They, they are like, in my opinion, they're the gold standard for that system because just because they do so much, you know, they're always experimenting and trying to find different ways to do things. Um, So I'll always break them down. I'm really intrigued what Mike LaFleur, Matt's brother is going to do with the Jets. Um, I really liked his approach to the the game last weekend um, in, in Green Bay against the Packers and what he tried to do against uh, their defense as far as like the different volume, the different variations of outside zone. He was running some of the drop back pass concepts he was using to were pretty interesting. And, you know, but yeah, obviously a lot of it's a lot of it's, you know, probably 80% of it is a carryover from, you know, what Kyle did and what he did in San Francisco with the 49ers, but, you know, he's going to have his own twist to it. And um, I, I can't, you know, I think that's a team I'm going to keep an eye on as well
0: big thanks to Bobby for joining us on this episode of Blue 58. Appreciate him spending a little bit of time with us. Do him a favor, buy, buy his book. I've got links to it in your show notes here. Uh, you can also check him out on Twitter. Search for Bobby Peters. It pretty much gets you there, but there's a link in your show notes here as well. So I've got for you in this episode. Appreciate you tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow with a look at the New Orleans Saints for week one. We made it, folks. We're all the way there. If you enjoyed this episode, Appreciate you sharing it, but also reach out to Bobby and tell him what a great job he's doing. Uh, We want people like him to continue to do a great job that helps all of us get a little bit more in touch with what the Packers are doing and ultimately makes all of us, me especially, uh, smarter Packers fans. And as I always say, smarter Packers fans are better Packers fans, and better Packers fans are what we all want to be. I'm your host, John Meerdink. We'll see you next time on Blue 58.